Hey, this is Pastor Sam, and thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We're going to postpone that series until next week. Um, Last night at about 10 o'clock at night, uh, God was just kind of like, hey man, you're going to talk about something different. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, for real. And so if this is a little less polished than normal, if I look at my notes a little more than normal, that's why uh, this happened last night. I have, listen, I was on my A game, okay? I knew that the baby dedications were this weekend. I knew that all that stuff was going to go on. My sermon was done on Thursday. I was like ready to go. And then last night, God was like, yeah, just kidding. You're going to talk about something else. And so um, we're going to postpone that. We're going to launch our margin series next week. But the reason that I feel like we should talk about what we're going to talk about this morning is because... Over this past week, my heart has just been totally broken. I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it means you've been living under a rock. But it has been absolutely crazy. Craziness. And my heart has been completely broken by the divisiveness that's taking place in our culture and in our country. I mean, it's crazy. My heart has been broken by the fear Real fear that people are facing. My heart has been broken by the separation and the polarization on social media and in the media and in all arenas of life. There's just been this polarization of us and them and us versus them and them versus us. And it's been absolutely insane. My heart has been broken at the brokenness of people. Whether you validate those feelings or not, whether you think that, that it's, it's legitimate or not, it doesn't matter. They're real feelings. And people are feeling broken. And people are feeling this hatred. And it's crazy to me. It, it, it's been mind-boggling, but it's been heartbreaking to, to stand by and to see this happening and to experience this. I mean, I, I don't think I posted on Facebook at all this week unless it was like a picture of a puppy or a baby or something because it was like, this is bananas. It's absolutely insane. And some of us are feeling all of these emotions and all of these feelings because of the results of an election. But I would say most of us are feeling these emotions and these feelings at the reaction of people, at the reaction of our neighbors, at the reaction of our friends, at the reaction of our family, at the reaction of our church family, people that we sit next to in church, and then they're posting this stuff on social media that's making us go, what? And it's breaking our hearts, and it's divisive, and it's like, man, what is going on? Many of us are even feeling offended by this. Like, I can't believe that they're lumping me into this people group, or they're lumping me into that people group, or that we're even putting people in people groups. And doing all these different generalizations and thinking everyone fits into something else and all of this different stuff. And it's been absolutely crazy. There's been so much hurt manifesting itself as hate that it's been incredible. I'm a young guy, but I've never seen anything even close to this. It's insane. It's absolute insanity. And so I was looking in the book of Philippians this week, and I was heading to chapter 4, you know, uh, uh, Philippians 4.13. You guys know that one? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I was on my way there, and I'm thumbing through, and I, I open my Bible, and I'm in Philippians chapter 2, I have this section circled. And I was like, oh, wonder what that says. On my way to Philippians 4, I wasn't even thinking in the ballpark of this stuff. And I, I look at it, 
In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, I had it circled and highlighted and a square around it and some little margins around it, and I had some writing in the margin. Like, this obviously was a big deal passage to me, and so I was like, okay, let me check this thing out. And so I read it, and it says this. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then... Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Kidney shot. That's what that sound effect is. That's a kidney shot that that Philippians chapter 2 gave me. It was like, that's it. Holy crap, that's it. Right there. I had this like epiphany of, oh, what? Philippians chapter 2, that, that's it, right there. Not Philippians 4, I, I, this is what I needed to hear. This is what I needed to experience in the wake of all the craziness of our culture. So I looked it up in the message as well just to kind of see what that said. And it was very cool. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you, I love, if you have a heart, If you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Dude, if we could just post that on Facebook or put that on our Instagram or Twitter or whatever. I mean, that's, it's insane. Philippians chapter two, verses one through three hit me right through the eyes. And so what I wanna do is I wanna pray and I wanna unpack this a little bit. I want to spend some time kind of digesting this passage and see kind of what this means to us in real time, in real life, in our culture, in our situation. All right, so let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we had to come together and to sing some songs of praise and adoration to you. I thank you for the families that were standing up here who made a claim today to start a journey to say, you know what, we're raising these kids to follow Jesus because we believe that following Jesus not only makes our life better, but it makes us better at life. And so we're making that dedication today. I thank you for the support, the overwhelming support from the families that are here today. And God, I pray this morning that as we open your word and allow it to speak to us, I pray that you'd open our minds and you'd soften our hearts. I pray that we'd check our baggage at the door. We'd check our preconceived ideas at the door. We'd check our judgments at the door. And that we would make ourselves receptive to allow you to speak to us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. So if you notice on the screen, we have two words uh, for my grammar police out there, Amber Long. Um, We have two words that are capitalized that should not be capitalized. If and then. If and then. And it's this idea of implication logic, right? If this is true, then this is true. Or if this happens, then this will happen, right? We use this kind of logic and reasoning all the time. And so I feel like in Philippians, when they're writing the letter to the Philippians, it's kind of the same thing here. He says, if this, this, and this, then this, this, and this. So he says, if you have encouragement through Jesus, if you have comfort from the love of God, if you have uh, a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then do these things, right? And so in my margins in my Bible, what, what I had written down was, if you get it, dot, 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 then work it out. If you understand this God thing, if you understand this Holy Spirit thing, if you understand this banner of love thing that we talk about all the time, if you get it, 
then these are the things that you should be doing. This is the way you should be responding. This is the way that you should be conducting yourselves. This is the way that you should view the world, essentially. It's this implication logic. And so he starts off, he says, if encouragement from being united with Christ. If you have encouragement from being united with Christ. If you have encouragement from being connected to Jesus. If you've ever experienced hope because of Jesus. If life is better because of Jesus. If you've ever been encouraged because of Jesus. If Jesus has ever been a difference maker in your life, then, and he lists those things. The second thing he says is, if comfort from his love. If you've ever felt comforted from his love. Now, we spent the last four weeks setting up for this political season. Our last series was called Jesus for President. And if you missed it, you can check it out on our podcast. It is paramount. It is huge to help you digest and understand what God's take is on politics, government, and everything to do with it. We spent the past four weeks talking about it. And one of the main things that we said is that the banner of God is what? Love. That the banner of God is love. That Jesus showed up and he didn't wave the banner of Rome. He didn't show up with a God loves Rome t-shirt, right? He came in saying, no, my kingdom is different and my banner is love. And so it says, if you've experienced any comfort from God's love, if you've embraced God's love, if God's love has ever gotten you through, if God's love brings security, if God's love brings rest, if God's love brings peace or comfort or reassurance or clarity in your life, then and he lists all these things. So if you have comfort with Christ, if, or no, if you have encouragement through Christ, if you have comfort from his love, and then the third if is if you have fellowship with the Spirit, which is connectivity to the Holy Spirit, which is communion with the Holy Spirit. If you've ever felt or heard the Holy Spirit in your life, if you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you are in step with the Spirit, we talk about this all the time, The scriptures tell us to be in step with the Spirit. And it's not marching orders with the Holy Spirit saying, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. But it's more of a dance. And the Holy Spirit is the lead, right? We always cite Ludacris for this. I know it's blasphemous, but we do. When he says, when I move, you move. Just like that, when I move, you move. You know what I'm saying? That's the dance of the Holy Spirit taking place. You didn't know that, but now you know. Don't listen to that song. It's not good. Okay? I'm not putting my stamp of approval on that. I'm just saying it's a good, good analogy. But if you've ever felt the Holy Spirit, if you're in step with the Holy Spirit, if this, then these things. So if you have encouragement from your connection to Jesus, right? If you have comfort from the love of God, if you are in step with the Spirit, if you are in fellowship with the Spirit, and then he goes on and lists three things that are the then category in our implication logic. He lists three things in the then category. He says, then be like-minded, having the same love. Be like-minded, having the same love. You see, God's love unifies us. God's love unifies us. There's one love. There's one banner. There's one banner of love that God asks us to wave. There's not a banner for black people, a banner for white people, a banner, a banner for Latino people, a banner for Asian people. There's one banner, and it's love. And it's for everybody. Everybody. And so he says, be like-minded, having the same love. Allow God's love to unify us. Do you hear that this morning? 
Allow God's love to unify your Facebook posts. Is that a little more practical? Allow God's love to unify us above and beyond anything else. God's love supersedes elections. God's love supersedes hate. God's love supersedes judgment. God's love supersedes everything. Anything and everything that vies for our allegiance and that vies for our attention, God's love supersedes it all. If you've experienced encouragement through Jesus, if you've experienced comfort through God's love, if you've experienced fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then be like-minded, having the same love. The second thing he says is then be one in spirit and purpose. Be one in spirit and purpose. You know what the evidence of being in relationship with the Holy Spirit is? There's nine attributes. There's nine attributes to one fruit. There's not nine fruits. If you heard of the fruit of the Spirit, people throw an S on the end of there like they do for Meyer and Walmart. There's no S, right? It does not exist. It's Meyer and Kroger and Walmart. Just like there's the fruit of the Spirit. Sorry for those of you sitting in the front row. But that's the deal. There's nine attributes of one fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in your life. That's the evidence that you're on this God thing. It's not getting up in front at the altar, oh, yes, Lord! Doesn't say that. The evidence is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you've been encouraged through your relationship with Jesus, if you've been comforted by the love of God, if you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then be one in spirit and purpose. What should your spirit and purpose be? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. What should your Facebook post be? Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. What should your Twitter post be? What should your Instagram post be? What should your life be? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you get it, then work it out. If you get it, then work it out. And then the third thing that he says if you've experienced this comfort from Jesus, if you've experienced this encouragement from Jesus, this comfort from the love of God, this fellowship with the Spirit, he says, then be humble. Then be humble. Put others before yourself always. When you're getting ready to type on your keyboard or thumb away at your phone, put others before yourself. Oh, I will. I'm going to serve them what they need to hear. That's putting them before myself. That's not what it means. Don't think that was the intention. Be humble. Put others before yourself. The spirit alive and active in us, it produces this humility, this service, this wanting to put others before ourselves. Not wanting to be right, not wanting to win arguments, but putting others before ourselves in service and humility. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 3, it says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, 
being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. If you get it, work it out. Now I'm going to flip it upside down for a second. It's like the remix. You like that? Didn't plan on doing that. Now I feel weird. I want to flip it upside down a little bit and go a little backwards on it, okay? Because it, th- this, this implication logic is assuming that you've, you've taken hold of the if, and so the then is what you need to work out. But some of us haven't even taken hold of the if. Some of us don't have the first part yet, and so I want to encourage, encourage you in this way. I want to say, if you need encouragement, I want to point you to Jesus. If you need encouragement, I want to point you to Jesus. If you're looking around saying, what is going on? I have no hope. I am broken. I am lost. I have no idea what to do or where to go or even how to handle this. I want to point you to Jesus. Because like we've talked about for the past four weeks, Jesus is the king of a kingdom that supersedes any kind of government that America can come up with. It supersedes anything and everything that vies for our allegiance. It supersedes anything and everything else. It's a kingdom that is so much bigger. And so if you need encouragement, I want to point you to Jesus. If you need comfort, I want to point you to God's love. Because his love is deeper and wider and bigger than anything we can even imagine. This agape love that he has for us is self-sacrificial. It's unconditional. It doesn't matter how screwed up you are, how screwed up you've been, how screwed up you really think you are. Well, God could love everybody but me. He doesn't understand this part of my life. No, 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 no. It supersedes all of that. All of it. And if you need comfort, I want to point you to God's love. If you need encouragement, I want to point you to Jesus. If you're struggling with fellowship, if you're struggling with getting along with people, if you're struggling with feeling accepted, if you're struggling with relating to humanity or relating to a church or getting plugged in somewhere or just this thing called life, if you're struggling with that, I want to point you to the fruit of the Spirit. I want to say, try that on for size. Try being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Rather than saying the fruit of the Spirit is Why don't you say Sam is? Sam is love. Sam is joy. Sam is peace. Sam is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Try that on for size and see how your fellowship in your life improves drastically. See how your influence in your life improves drastically. We say it around here all the time. Following Jesus not only makes your life better, but it makes you better at life. And that's the truth. And so if you need encouragement, I want to point you to Jesus. If you need comfort, I want to point you to the love of God. And if you need fellowship, I want to point you to the Holy Spirit. This whole thing this morning is pointing to God. I don't have the answers for you. But I believe that God can bring you comfort. I believe that God can bring you encouragement. I believe that God can bring you practical, real-life tools to do this thing called life better. So if you need those things, seek God. We're going to have a time for that in a minute. But if you have experienced the encouragement, the comfort, and the fellowship with the Spirit, then work it out. Hold tight to Jesus under the banner of God's love and the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying right here. He's saying, if you get 
this thing called God, if you've embraced this thing called God, when storms of life come, when things don't go your way, when things are just going terrible, when you're afraid, when you're broken, when you're lost, when you're scared, when all of these things are coming through, he says this, he says, hold tight to Jesus under the banner of God's love and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Hold tight to Jesus under the banner of God's love and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so I was thinking this, well, I was going to say this week, but I was thinking last night as I was doing this, I was thinking, what is the ultimate kind of, uh, you know, expression of unity in the church? What is the ultimate expression of saying, yeah, we're all in this together and we are like-minded and we are in one purpose and we're under one banner and all this stuff. And I got thinking about it and it's communion. Communion. When we take communion, when we're remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, you know what that does? It puts us all in the same playing field. We're all equal. We are all the same. We're all one when we come to the foot of the cross. Every single one of us. There's no Democrat. There's no Republican. There's no liberal. There's no conservative. There's no, uh, you know, black or white or Hispanic or Asian. There's none of that. There's no male. There's no female. There's no young. There's no old. There's no Facebook. There's no Twitter. There's none of that. All that there is is a broken humanity and a holy God who aims to reconcile all things. When we come to the foot of the cross, there's a broken humanity and a holy God who aims to reconcile all things. And so if you're in here this morning and you need encouragement through Jesus, or you need comfort from the love of God, or you need fellowship through the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to join me in communion. If you're in here this morning and you have encouragement through Jesus and you have comfort from the love of God and you have fellowship through the Holy Spirit like Philippians chapter two is talking about, then I want to encourage you to be like-minded and have the same love. I want to encourage you to be one in spirit and in purpose. And I want to encourage you to be humble And I want to invite you to join me in communion. If you need to forgive somebody, or if you need forgiveness, or if you need grace, or you need to show somebody grace, I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe it's as simple as sending a text message or making a, hey, I'm sorry, I'm an idiot, post on Facebook, or whatever the case may be. But if you need to make things right, I want to encourage you to do that this morning. And then I want to invite you to join me in communion. To unify as a broken humanity at the foot of the cross and saying, Jesus, we need you. We need encouragement from you. God, we need your love. God, we need the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And so what these guys are going to do, they're going to lead us in another song, two more songs. And there's, there's bread, there's juice. We're not weird about it. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. He says, remember the sacrifice that I made for you. And I think in doing that, it can bring a real unity to the body of Christ. It can be a real idea that we're all in this together. We're all sinners. We're all screwed up. We're all broken. I cite Wayne's world all the time. When Wayne and Garth meet Alice Cooper, And they say, we're scum, we suck, we're not worthy. That's all of us. But when we come to the foot of the cross, 
we're all equal. And Jesus aims to reconcile all things, all people, all situations, all life journeys. He aims to reconcile everything and make it right. And so this morning, we have the opportunity to do that together with the people in this room. That is awesome. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity that we have as Christ followers, that you left us with such a powerful tool to remember who you are and who we are in light of that. God, I pray this morning for those of us who need encouragement. Things are looking dark. Things are looking daunting. Things are overwhelming. I pray that we would find encouragement through the teachings of Jesus. God, for those of us who need comfort, we're hurting, we're lost, we're broken. I pray that we would find rest in your unconditional love for us and that we would not only receive that, but that we would reflect that and live under your banner of love. And God, for those of us who need fellowship, we need fellowship with the Spirit. We need the Spirit to lead the dance. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit now to wrap your arms around us and just to, we would leave this place encouraged, challenged, and changed. God, for those of us who need to forgive or need to ask for forgiveness, I pray that we would make things right and lay them at the foot of the cross as we remember your sacrifice. And God, this morning as we come and we take of the bread and of the cup, I pray that it would be a unifying symbolism in our lives. It will be in one mind, one spirit, one love. Under your name. Lord, we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Listen, guys. As followers of Christ, we have a massive opportunity. We have a massive opportunity as the people of God to be a shining light in a culture that's become a really, really dark place lately. Do you realize that? Don't be afraid. Don't cower in fear and say, oh, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? No, 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 no. Take this opportunity to say, heck yeah, the pump is primed. Let's do this thing. Let's be love like nobody else is being. Let's be joy like nobody else is being. Let's be peace like nobody else is being. Let's be patience like nobody else is being. Let's be kindness like nobody else is being. Let's be gentleness like nobody else is being. Let's be faithfulness like nobody else is being. Let's show self-control like nobody else is showing. We have a massive opportunity to be the light that God calls us to be in a sick and dying and broken world. Don't be afraid. Be excited. Be pumped up. And be ready for God to use you. I want to invite you, come, take communion with us. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, challenged you, and that you experience true life change. Make sure you head over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc.